Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad you're here to worship with us. And good morning to those who are watching online. I know some folks are probably watching online from the beach. So uh, again, just put your address in there and we will come and join you. Christmas in July is over. Did you know that? It's August 1st. I know, I know. It's August 1st. So Christmas in July is done. So that means those Christmas stockings, if you have not brought them back for the Salvation Army, bring them back next Sunday because next Sunday we're going to have them, some of them up here. We're going to bless those and pray for those as they are sent to the Salvation Army. We're going to pray for every child that will receive one of those. Um, parents of youth and kids, we're having a meeting after the traditional service at 12 and we're going to go over safe sanctuary and stuff like that. But Catherine, I hear there's barbecue sandwiches at it. It's going to be pretty great. Also, speaking of the children, Catherine has a wild Wednesday plan this week. They're going to have water games. So it's going to be mass chaos outside. So if you drive by the church and you see craziness, just know it's Catherine Barnes causing problems, not me. August 15th, uh, that Sunday, we're going to be praying for all of the students and teachers, uh, our ELC teachers as well, uh, everybody going back to school. We're going to be praying for them on August 15th. Also that Sunday, we're having acolyte training. If you've ever dreamed of being an acolyte, that's your Sunday. They're going to have a meeting at, at 12 o'clock with a lunch provided. Uh, and August 18th, this Wednesday, August 18th, we're going to have our ice cream social is back outside. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. That's my favorite Wednesday night of the year. Do you love ice cream social? It's pretty great. Jay loves it. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship. Uh, I pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand and worship with us?
Well, I'll tell you what, congregation sounds good. I can hear you in this ear. It sounds really good out there. Thank y'all. That's what a, what a great reminder for us today. You can be seated if you want to, except for our kids, I think, are about to go to Children's Church with Miss Catherine and Miss Molly, and y'all are going to do something really fun, I just know. Yep. Okay, a couple of things I want to tell you um, as, as we get started today. We have today for you to take with you. Um, these little kind of abbreviated newsletter slash bulletin type things, uh, they got a bunch of cool, in, in, interesting, helpful information on there. They also have uh, a detachable, perforated thing at the bottom here that you can use for prayer requests. We want to pray for you and your needs and your concerns. There's also on the other side of it a place where you can give us some information so we can keep in touch with you. I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to download our church app. 
uh, it's got all kinds of helpful things. You can go and look at our Bible studies, our, our other worship services. You can get announcements. You have a link to our newsletter. You can give through the app, all of that stuff. And look, Sheila Freeman has put us a QR code. Aren't we getting fancy in uptown? Up here, look, scan it with your mobile device and it will magically take you to the Wizard of Oz. No, it will take you instead to our website and all. It's just, I don't know how it does it, look, but it's cool, all right? So um, take one of these if you want to. Also, I want to remind you just at this time, if, if you haven't already uh, noticed the baskets and if you haven't received one of these um, communion cup and wafers, we're going to have communion uh, later on in the service. And you're going to need one of these. They're back there on the baskets. There's uh, a trash can also back there for afterwards for you to put that in. Um, we appreciate your support in so many ways. We want to pray for you. We are, we're, like everybody else, we're praying for uh, the world as we all struggle again with this uh, kind of uprise in, in COVID. And speaking of that, I want to just say a word about our kind of in, increased a little bit COVID protocol. We're, we're back to every other pew. We're uh, providing masks and we're asking uh, you to wear a mask if you if you um, have been vaccinated and you still want to, uh, and if you haven't been vaccinated, please do. We are separating a little bit. We it's not that we don't love you. It's just that we're going to love you from six feet away. Okay? Is that okay? And uh, we all also uh, have hand sanitizer. We have our own COVID um, disinfector fogger that we're, we're doing that ourselves now. We're trying to do everything that we can. We're trusting you to do what you need to do to keep you and your loved ones safe. And again, pray. Uh, give, give in the offering plates up here, give online, and um, thank you for your support. Let's pray. God, we are thankful just to get to worship you today. We're thankful for our friends that are worshiping with us online and, and thankful to have the ability to do that. And Lord, we're thankful that uh, that you have brought us here today <clears throat> and that you have given us the breath in our lungs that we can use to praise you. We pray for our friends that are struggling today, for our friends that we know who are struggling with this terrible COVID virus. We pray for the doctors and nurses that are, that are really stressed right now. Uh, we pray for moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas that are uncertain as school gets starts back and for the students and for the teachers and administrators and bus drivers and cafeteria workers and Lord help us shed your grace upon us give us wisdom when we need it you know the needs of our hearts even the ones we don't speak out loud we trust you in Jesus name amen
the dawn of resurrection floods the night as hope prevails to shine salvation waits our chains to break and we you what that almost will turn you into a shouting Methodist won't it I tell you, I just I love celebration service and and one of the reasons that I love it is of course you all and another reason that I love it is because every week week after week after week our praise band just brings it man they just bring it and I really appreciate it yeah it it really uh, it inspires our hearts to worship, which is what worship music is supposed to do, right? So I want to invite you to go back to school with me. Are you ready? Welcome. Welcome to August in Alabama, where it's hotter than Satan's house cat, right? Hotter than a blister bug in a pepper patch. Anybody? Hotter than a $2 pistol. Have y'all heard that one? Yeah, I got more of these, but I, I won't go on. Y'all get the idea. It's, and it's not just the heat, it's the humidity, right? It's got us sweating like sun is in church. I better stop here before it gets out of hand. But seriously, there are some great things to look forward to in August. And one of the things is back to school. 
I'm serious. Back to school. It's, you know, do you think the students are excited? I, I, well, they won't tell you they will. They won't tell you that they're excited, but I know that they are secretly a little excited, if nothing else, than to see their friends. Do you think the teachers are excited? They might not, they might not tell you they are, but they are a new group of students, a new, a new school year. Do you think the parents are excited? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have the advantage of being, uh, being all three, kind of. I, I remember what it's like to have the kids that were little, and, and you're just kind of worn out from summer. You're ready for them to go back. I remember being a teacher and getting my classroom ready and really excited at the thoughts of a new class, a new, a new school year. I even remember what it was like being a student all those years ago and being so excited a little bit nervous right but a little bit excited too and I remember one of the big things that I thought about a lot was what is it going to be like well I thought about my teachers I thought about the classes but what is it going to be like in the lunchroom this year right a new year well it turns out that there are some really good instructions about how to act in the lunchroom from the gospel. We're all month long going to be in the gospel of Luke, and I'm doing my Bible study on Wednesday nights in the gospel of Luke. So we're going to look at Luke 14 today uh, about when Jesus was at the table and gave some really good, really good advice. Luke 14:1. And then verses 7 through 14. On one occasion when Jesus was going to the house of the leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come to you and say, Give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would have to start to the lowest place. But when you are invited, go to sit down at the lowest place. And when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The lunch... thinking, uh, uh, where am I going to sit? You're thinking, you're thinking, what if I spill my chocolate milk on my new back to school shirt? You're thinking, everybody's looking at me, right? You're thinking, what if I don't see any of my friends? What if I, I don't know where to sit? You think everybody is about to hold up a scorecard, you know, like they do, they used to do it at the Olympics or they used to do on Dancing with the Stars. I don't know, they may still do it, you know, like, 6.5, you know. Fortunately, there are some, you know, there are some really helpful tips that you can find online about just about anything. I looked up some of these. These are some of my favorite tips for the school lunchroom, going back to school. Tip number one, make friends with the cafeteria staff. Highly recommend that, okay? Because there's nobody that can help you get through the school year in the school lunchroom 
like the cafeteria staff. They, they are your friends. Not only that, I have heard that if you make good friends with the cafeteria workers, they might slip you an extra cookie on your tray. I'm just saying, all right? Not that that's important. Um, another tip, I think this is a good one. Don't be the last one to the lunchroom, right? When the bell rings, don't lollygag around in the hallway and talk to all your friends. Don't reorganize your locker at that time. Get on in there because if the sooner you get in there, the better chance you'll have of getting the all-important right seat. And speaking of sitting, tip number three is watch, look before you sit because some kids are not the neatest eaters and they leave left behind food and stuff. And people have been known to leave booby-trapped ketchup packs in the seat on purpose. Uh, Andy Yarnell is laughing right here, like he knows something sneaky about that, but I'm not saying I've done, done that myself. But And then most importantly, just try to relax. It's not like everybody's looking at you. It's not, well, it's not like it was that time when Jesus got invar uh, invited to the Pharisees' table. Literally, everyone was looking at him. That's why they invited him in the first place, because they wanted to check him out. They had heard that Jesus was eating at the lunch table with all the wrong people, with sinners and tax collectors and folks like that. And what they wanted to do is say, Jesus, you're doing this all wrong. That is not the proper behavior for a religious person. Really, they brought him to test him, to, to test him, to intimidate him. But rather than being intimidated, Jesus took the time to give a teachable moment. You know what a teachable moment is? It's when you take the circumstances around you and you turn it into a lesson. And that's why Jesus told parables all the time. Parables are not just, they're not just lessons, they're, they're timeless principles. They're, they're principles that were important to the people Jesus was speaking to. And 2,000 years later, they're just as important for us today. So here's the scene in Jesus' day. All the dinner guests were fighting over the position of honor at the Pharisees' table. Now, you might wonder what the position of honor was. Well, in New Testament times, the closer you got to the host, the higher that meant you were in the social pecking order. Uh, it, it was a great honor, and, and consequently, the closer you set to the host, the likelihood of you getting invited to another important dinner party was higher, too. See how that worked? But Jesus said, when you're invited to somebody, by somebody to a banquet, don't go ahead and sit in the place of honor why? Well, the host might have to come and ask you to move because somebody more distinguished than you came in. And that would be super embarrassing. You had to get up and move down the line. Instead, here's what you do. You choose the lowest place. So that way, when the host comes to you and says, friend, move on up to a higher place, then it will be an honor to do that. That just sounds like practical advice, doesn't it? But these are timeless principles. These are timeless principles that are summed up in one verse. And it's verse 11. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. We see simple but not easy lessons here. I want to say that again. Simple but not easy. Lesson number one. Don't exalt yourself. Now, by exalt, the basic meaning of exalt in the Bible is high. And I'm not talking about high on drugs. I'm talking about high in rank and position. In other words, don't put yourself above others. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Romans 12, 3. He said, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, 
but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Because if you put yourself above others, then what's going to happen? You're going to be humbled, aren't you? The higher you put yourself out there, the lower you, the harder the fall, right? I think about um, growing up, you know, we're all watching the Olympics and everything now, but growing up, it seemed like everybody watched boxing, you know, and the heavyweight championship of the world was, was really important. It was primetime TV, and one of the most uh, infamous figures was Muhammad Ali. Anybody remember watching Muhammad Ali grow, growing up? Drove me crazy. Because my mom and dad always taught me, don't go around bragging about yourself. And Muhammad Ali's whole persona was float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I mean, I, you know, I, I am the greatest. I'm the, and I, it just drove me crazy. And I wanted everybody to beat Muhammad Ali. I mean, I see now as an adult, that was his thing. You know, that was his, his shtick, right? He did it to get under his opponent's skin. He did it to kind of whip everybody into a frenzy. But still, it was like, I am the greatest. I heard a story one time uh, about when Muhammad Ali was going to fly somewhere. And he got on the airplane and took his seat. And the flight attendant was going around reminding everybody they were about to take off. Reminding everybody to, to fasten their seatbelts, of course. And the flight attendant came to Muhammad Ali and said, Sir, you need to uh, fasten your seatbelt. And he smarted off to the flight attendant and um, said something like, Seatbelt? Superman don't need no seatbelt. And the flight attendant said, Superman don't need no airplane either. Now buckle up. So he buckled up. You know, if you exalt yourself, eventually you're going to be humbled. The second principle, again, simple principle, not easy, but simple. Humble yourself instead. Now, if the basic meaning of exalt is high, the basic meaning of humble must be low. It only stands to reason. I'm not talking about low self-esteem. I'm not talking about being depressed. I'm not talking about going around constantly putting yourself down, right? But if I could put this into just my own words, I might say it like this. Don't be so full of yourself, right? Be down to earth. Get over yourself. It doesn't sound like we... We ought to do this. It doesn't sound like it ought to be true, but it really is. The way up is actually down. The way to greatness is actually the way of the servant. It turns out not the confident and secure people, but the insecure, small-minded people are the ones that are constantly trying to push themselves forward and those who really know who they are and they know who God made them to be, they're suddenly able to do this principle that Jesus is teaching about just humbling themselves. I think Jesus himself gives the most beautiful example. The most beautiful example I ever saw when he went with his disciples into the upper room and the disciples had been arguing over which one of them was the greatest. And then Jesus knowing that he loved them, knowing that, that God had put all things into his hand, all authority in his hands, knowing that Judas was about to go and betray him, knowing all of that, knowing that he had come from God and was going to God, he got up from the table and he tied a towel around his waist and he poured water into a basin and he got down and he started washing the disciples' feet. You see, you have to know who you are, know what God gave you, 
Know that you've come from God, knowing that you're going to God. So really, if we see what Jesus did and we say that we are following Jesus, we see the Lord, the creator of the universe, humbling himself and doing the most humble job that a person can do on this earth, washing somebody else's feet. And we're supposed to follow him? How can we not just get over ourselves, climb off of our high horses? I know it's hard. I'm... I know it's almost impossible for our egos to, to grab hold of. But, but what Jesus talked about over and over again is, is true. The, the last really do have a head start on being first. And those who spend all their time trying to be first will never ever get there. So remember I said these principles were simple but not easy. They are in no way easy. And most of us don't learn these truths until later on in life. That's why we're always going back to school, aren't we? The Apostle Paul learned this later on in his life. And he said these crazy words in 2 Corinthians 12.10. He said, I found out that it's when I'm weak that I'm really strong. That sounds crazy. Well, one last thing from this passage, and this has to do with when you're actually the host at the table, not when you're the guest at the table. Jesus told the lead Pharisee that had invited him to the table. He said, when you're having a banquet, don't just invite people that are like you. Don't just invite your friends. Don't just invite people who might could do something for you in return. Instead, welcome people at your table who could never repay you. Bless other people without having an ulterior motive. Because if you do that, remember we're all going back to school here. It's never too late to be schooled, never too early to be schooled. If we do that, if we don't exalt ourselves and we instead humble ourselves and if we make a welcoming place for even people that can't do anything else for us you know who we're imitating we're imitating Jesus because Jesus receives us at his table and we can't pay him back at all it's called grace how does Jesus welcome us at his table? Listen to this invitation. Listen to this invitation from our own communion liturgy. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us, what? Brag about ourselves, how great we are? Therefore, let us, what? Muscle our way to the front of the line? No. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Will you bow with me in prayer? Lord, as we bow before you, we bow before you humbly. And we ask for your forgiveness. We even now in our hearts confess to you that we have not done your will. That we have strayed from the path that you have set out for us. We confess to you right now that we have been full of ourselves. Instead of emptying ourselves. That we have, we have pushed our way to the front of the line. We confess to you, Lord, that we have surrounded ourselves with people that are just like ourselves. And we have left people on the margins that could never repay us instead of welcoming them. 
Because, Lord, that's how we come to your table. We come to your table not giving anything in our hands to you, knowing that it's totally by your grace that we are saved. Thank you, Lord, that on the night in which you gave uh, yourself up for us, you took the bread and you blessed it and you broke it and you gave it to your disciples and you said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Thank you, Lord, that after supper you took the cup and you blessed it and you gave it to your disciples and you said, drink from this, all of you. For this is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you and for many for forgiveness of sins. Drink this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. So Lord, as we come to your table today, or whether we are worshiping by online or worshiping in person, we come to your table in our hearts and we ask that you would pour out your spirit upon us. And that you would make the elements that we receive be the body and blood of Christ for us. And that you would make us the body of Christ redeemed by your blood, broken and given to the world. Until you come again, Lord, and we feast at your heavenly banquet, we feast at this earthly banquet today and we say thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're worshiping at home, of course, you probably don't have one of these. But just get whatever you have on hand. If you're, if you're uh, here in the sanctuary today and you have one of these, um, they're self-contained. And it's, um, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, it's kind of tricky. We've been doing this for a while and I still kind of have trouble with it. The top you peel back for the wafer. And the bottom you peel back for the cup. Body of Christ broken for you. Blood of Christ shed for you. One more reminder before we pray and have our last song. It's our custom um, on communion Sundays to leave an offering. Um, and if you just are led to and you're able to leave a, an offering on the altar rail before you leave the sanctuary, if you're worshiping from home, you can send it in. Uh, our communion offering goes to help the people that call us almost on a daily basis asking for uh, assistance uh, with something. We have, there's a lot of need in our community. For our 100% of our communion offering goes for our local missions. And, and we appreciate it when you do that. We, we really do. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this sacrifice that you made for us. Thank you for humbling yourself for us. And Lord, today in our hearts... And in this worship service, we exalt you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Now with thankful hearts for all that the Lord has given to us, let us go from this place and give ourselves for others. Amen.